It's good to be with you this morning, and I'm thankful uh, again to be here with you um, on this the Sunday after Christmas. This morning, our gospel reading comes from Luke chapter two. It's verses forty-one through fifty-two. It's the story of Jesus in the temple as a 12-year-old. And as I'm looking around today, we have a couple almost 12-year-olds here in Chase on this side and Cam on that side. Uh, if you need a picture of a 12-year-old this morning. Callum, are you a 12-year-old? All right. And Callum, right? The Garrett's grandson, Matthew's son, is 12. So we have a 12-year-old and two almost 12-year-olds today. And I suspect you remember what's been happening in Luke chapter 2. You are the faithful. But in case anyone here doesn't remember how the story goes, it moves quite quickly. Early in Luke chapter 1, we receive word that Mary is going to have a child. We receive word that Elizabeth, her cousin, is also having a child. Elizabeth and Mary get together. They meet. Mary praises God. In Luke chapter 2, the first 20 verses are devoted to that beautiful passage, the, the, the beautiful story of Jesus' birth, which happens in Bethlehem at the census in a stable. Then... The the scene shifts to the temple a few days later, presumably. And Jesus is presented in the temple. And Simeon and Anna, these two prophets of sorts who have been waiting for the good news to come to the people of Israel, see Jesus and realize what they've been waiting for is here. And then, in a way akin to uh, how children might count to a hundred by saying, One, two, skip a few, 99, 100. In verse 41, Jesus is a 12-year-old. We peek into an instance of his family's pilgrimage from their home in Nazareth to Jerusalem for the Passover. And during this particular year's pilgrimage, uh, an interesting Occurrence happens and it's recorded. It establishes Jesus in a way as no ordinary child, but then also as an ordinary 12 year old who can get lost in what it is they're doing. Lose track of time, be consumed with that which is important to them. It's here to remind us that Jesus didn't necessarily have an ordinary life, yet I think as people of God who love our children, it's a call to us to remember the importance of nurturing faith with and for them. Let's turn to Luke chapter 2, verses 41 through 52, and hear this story about Jesus in the temple at age 12. Now every year his parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover, and when he was 12 years old, they went up as usual for the festival. When the festival was ended, they started to return. The boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but his parents didn't know it. Assuming he was with the group of travelers, they went a day's journey. Then they started to look for him 
among their relatives and friends. And when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem to search for him. After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, Child, why have you treated us like this? Look, your father and I have been searching for you in great anxiety. He said to them, Why were you searching for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he said to them. Then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was obedient to them. And his mother treasured all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in years and in divine and human favor. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. On Christmas Eve, I was watching a favorite Christmas movie, A Christmas Story, and I laughed out loud again at a quote that that I've used before, but is worth bringing up again. Right before the neighbor's dogs run through the kitchen and, and attack the turkey, Ralphie, the main character in the movie, says, Oh, life is like that sometimes. At the height of our reveries, when our joy is at its zenith, when all is most right with the world, the most unthinkable things descend upon us. Now, I don't know that that's what's happening scripturally. It's not really that. But well, but it is kind of jarring, at least, to me. I knew it was going to be jarring. I've been looking at this passage for ten weeks, wondering, what do you say about Jesus at twelve, five days after Jesus was born? You see, we were just getting used to settling into the, the manger. And then things move on quickly. Five days ago, Mary was in Bethlehem. And Joseph was there. And some shepherds showed up. And now we blink. And Jesus is a teenager, a preteen who gets lost in the temple. We have aged 12 years in five days. Time marches on. The kids grow up quickly. And I guess we are just left to ask, what do we do with this today? What do we learn and I guess that's the question, because if we're going to be jarred by, by such, a, such a sharp transition, one that moves Jesus from being born to being a teenager to the wise men to him being baptized in less than four weeks, we've got to learn something about how this story moves quickly and why it does. I came down with, of course, one of the things that's just worth noting is that life is life is life. Kids grow up quickly, and it, it must have been no different with Jesus. This passage must in some way mimic what life is like for us, in that when we look back at our photos and our, our memories, when we tell the stories of things that have happened, we wonder, how did time pass so quickly? How did my kids grow up so fast? Surely it was the same for Mary, who was at one point under stress giving birth to a baby that she wasn't 
really necessarily ready for. And now she's searched for three days for her preteen who was lost in the temple. When we, when we comment to ourselves about how quickly life moves, we can identify with Mary and Joseph who, whose child grew up faster than they ever could have imagined, just like ours do. Of course, now one of the reasons why Jesus grows up so quickly in the Gospels is that the Gospel writers were, were trying to cut to the chase. They, 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 they were trying to get to the action of Jesus' ministry. And so it was kind of like that old saying from the Seinfeld episode a long time ago, yada, yada, yada. Jesus was born, yada, yada, yada. He went to the temple, yada, yada, yada. He was a teenager. He was kind of precocious as a 12-year-old, yada, yada, yada. And now, here he starts his ministry. And here's 20 chapters of Jesus' ministry. The Gospel writers were trying to get to the point of his ministry, which is the rest of the story. But in making this a waypoint along their way, between their yada, yada, yadas, It's actually a place for us to stop and think and learn as well. It had to have been an important point for them to stop, right? Otherwise, they would have just skipped over this story. A few years ago, maybe it was many years ago, and those of us who are aging quickly just say it was a few years ago, there was that show on TV called Kids Say the Darndest Things. And then there was a more recent version of it as well. And of of course the star of the show were the the children who said things that we didn't expect them to say. Because it's funny to hear a child say something that's unexpected. Or it's telling for a child to offer something that's far beyond what we think is their capacity and their, their knowledge. It's Well, it's stunning when a a child tells a truth that we knew but sometimes didn't want to hear. And in a way, that's kind of this instance with Jesus here in the temple. We suddenly meet a 12-year-old who is wise beyond his years. A 12-year-old who gets lost in the temple at age 12 and isn't playing sardines. A 12-year-old who can understand the importance of what these scholars are teaching. A 12-year-old who has an important part to play in the life of his family and of his community and his congregation. And I think that there's two things going on here. That last verse, verse 52, reminds us that Jesus increased in wisdom and in years and in divine and human favor. There's, of course, the divine nature of Christ going on. There's the human nature of Christ happening here. And this story doesn't just reflect the divine nature of Jesus, who was in his Father's house. To an extent, this story must reflect the human nature of Jesus as well. It reflects to us the importance of nurturing our children, even especially our 12-year-olds. It's a reminder that though our children grow up quickly, they need to grow up under our teaching and our instruction. 
If our children don't learn the faith and learn it well, they're not going to grow up into adults who hang on to any sort of faith with any meaning or or hold it tightly. And it may not be their fault that they put the faith away. We have a role to play in that. Maybe part of this story is for us to ask ourselves, did we sit with our 12-year-olds in the temple? Did we nurture them beyond the expectations of them kids being kids being kids? Were we ourselves so ready to move on like Mary and Joseph were that we missed what they were capable of? Because they were capable of a whole lot more than we thought. You see, I think too often we are like Mary and Joseph. We fall victim to the busyness of life and we're ready to move on and head on and get to where we need to go. And we're raising our children, yes. But sometimes we don't sit and wait with them in faith, maybe the way that we should. Maybe that's the human part of Mary and Joseph making a mistake. But Jesus showing them, we need to sit and wait with them. Today is the Sunday after Christmas. And, and well, it's, it's not the most best attended Sunday of the year. I am grateful that you're here. Uh, but we only had three children for the children's sermon today. Most of us who are here are the faithful. You're the faithful. You're the ones that we expect to see when we show up at church on the Sunday after Christmas. And so I want us to hear again for ourselves, to to remind ourselves, to ask ourselves, if this instance in Jesus' life as a 12-year-old was important enough to be a speed bump on the road from his sacred birth to his special ministry. What does it tell us about our ministry to our 12-year-olds or our 8-year-olds or our 10-year-olds or our 14-year-olds? What does it tell us about how we can help commit ourselves to children who need time in the temple to learn the faith, to discuss the faith, Oh yes, we have much to learn ourselves. That is why we all are here today. But our 12-year-olds have the capacity to learn and grow in their faith in meaningful ways. And for those of us who are no longer 12, we need to commit to learning and growing and learning and growing with them, alongside them, so that our faith is not just ours and their faith is theirs. But together, our faith is ours, no matter what our age. Because the scholars in the story welcomed the 12-year-olds into the circle. They may not have known who Jesus was at the time, but they welcomed him to help him to grow. And it's, it's important for us to do the same. To invite the 12 year olds to be among us. Because kids grow up quickly. 
Oh yes, they're little and then yada, 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 they're big, yada, yada, yada. They're graduating from high school and college. But helping them grow in meaningful ways and creating meaningful stopping points along the way is an opportunity and a responsibility we as a church must take seriously every Sunday of the year. So I pray that as we look into the life of our own faith and into the life of our church for the year that lies ahead, we'll find ways to take as seriously this this story of Jesus as a 12-year-old as we do take seriously the story of Jesus being born to a virgin and placed in a manger. That's my prayer for us today and for the days ahead. May it be all of our prayers. Will you pray with me? Loving Lord, we give you thanks that we can gather on this day. I give you thanks for people to worship with. On a day when we celebrate the fifth day of Christmas, a season that celebrates your birth and your growth and your life. Lord, I pray that as a church we would take as seriously in this year ahead the story of you as a 12-year-old in the temple. I pray that we would take that story just as seriously as we take the story of your birth and the story of your resurrection, for they are all sacred stories. Lord, help us to learn from those who are young among us and help us to lead those who are young among us through ways that reflect your love and your hope your possibility, and your grace. Lord, grant us wisdom for carrying out that call. Grant us courage to carry out that call. And grant us the promise that you will be with us each step of the way. This, O Lord, is our prayer, and we offer it in your name. Amen.